0: of the heart of the community in the heartland. This series brings to life the oral histories of journalists in North and South Dakota, newspaper legends who devoted their lives to covering their rural communities. By now, a few have passed on, but all of their legacies endure, and their history is forever preserved in the newspapers they leave behind, as well as through these stories. These episodes are sponsored by the North Dakota Newspaper Association and the South Dakota Newspaper Association. Since the 1880s, both have advocated for the public's right to know, and for the importance of newspapers in a democracy. For most, money is an important part of the job. But for those going into journalism, it's widely known this isn't a career about making money. Rather, most describe it as a calling. In this episode, journalists describe how they define success and what kept them going in the profession. Roger Bailey, a former publisher and editor at the Turtle Mountain Star, remembered the exact moment he realized his influence as a journalist.
1: One day, uh, not long after I arrived in Rolla, uh, the newspaper then was a Wednesday newspaper, and I walked out of... uh, I walked out of the, my office at about four o'clock on Wednesday and I I looked down the street and coming toward toward me was a person reading the newspaper and I got to the corner and I looked to the right and there was a person walking toward me reading the newspaper I know this is going to sound too good to be true but it was true I took to the left and there was a person standing on the corner reading the newspaper and I thought you know that this must be something they want this must maybe it's something they need maybe it's something they enjoy
0: Tim Gallego in South Dakota had a similar story
2: I started when I was working for the Rapid City Journal some of my friends from Pine Ridge was wondering why don't we have a newspaper at that particular time in RSU we had no newspaper why don't you come down to Pine Ridge and start one? And I told him, I'm a news reporter. I don't really think about starting a, business, a newspaper or a business. So But I went down to the reservation, and uh, my friend who really wanted me to get into the business had a 1946 Plymouth that was totally restored. We used that as collateral and took it over to the bank in Rushville, Nebraska, and we got a loan for $4,000, and that's what I started the Lakota Times with. Um, I started the Lakota Times at the same time that Shannon County, where Pine Ridge is located then, at a time when the interest rates at the banks were almost twenty percent. Shannon County had just been proclaimed the poorest county in America. So if I knew anything about business, I would never have done anything that was many people thought was very stupid. But I started the paper and, with the four thousand dollars and our first publication came out on July the first, 1981. I think the proudest day of my life was when I took the papers to the printer, got it printed, took it out and delivered it myself to all the stores and talked them into carrying my paper. And I was coming back into Pine Ridge Village and right across from the Shoe Nation Shopping Center there were some benches. And there was two elderly Lakota men sitting there, reading the Lakota Times. And I thought, "Oh my God, they're reading my newspaper!" That was that was a big moment in my life.
0: Jack Marsh was a teenager when he had his first success as a journalist.
3: Uh, my first paycheck was, uh, was when I was a high school correspondent for the uh, for the local newspaper, and they paid me ten cents an inch. That is, each column inch of type that ran in the paper, they paid me ten cents. And I, I saw I get a little check, you know, for a few a few dollars. If I was lucky, if it was a long story, I might get a few dollars.
0: For weekly newspaper publisher Jane Brandt, success after more than 50 years in the business is a feeling of a job well done.
4: I think you know. I think a person knows. it. Uh, how I would I describe it? If you're happy at the end of the day, at the end of the year... If you have people come up and thank you for having written that article or done that for your daughter or your granddaughter, or if you uh, you get letters when they pay their subscriptions and they thank you for keeping them their hearts close to home um, by reading those words, um, if you've helped some benefit and and somebody's gotten some additional money to help them with the fight for cancer. Um, if you see a child and you put a good story in about him and it kind of opens up and he blossoms like in through FFA or through uh, 4H or through something, um, you know in your heart you, you've done a good job. You don't have to have uh, plaques on the wall. You don't need to uh, have people patting you on the back all the time just a good feeling about yourself and you go home at night and you know that you benefited your community or you benefited one little boy in that community or one very sick person in that community, then you know that you've done a good job, I think. I don't think people have... It's nice if they come up and tell you something, but you don't need that. You you know, you know darn well.
0: Linda Seiler and Wayne Lyford also like to see the positive influence of journalism on a community.
5: For me, it's changing somebody's life, um, making a difference in their life. Um, I always used to say, shine for a day. I would like someone to shine for a day. When all their friends come up and say, I read about you in the Dickinson Press. That was a really good story. And they'll come up to me and tell me, Linda, did you read that in the paper? And that's when I know I've done a really good job because I've kept me out of it that they didn't realize I was the person who wrote the story, but in fact that. Shine for a day, I would have to say that. That's for me the success. Or another one, I'm just thinking some more. I do a lot of stories getting people to go to events. I like to fill auditoriums. I like, you know, especially in theater, no matter what, to fill those auditoriums, to get people to come to uh, a benefit for a little kid. I feel that's when I'm successful, when I go to that event and it's packed.
6: Well, when I retired, I was uh, very satisfied that I had served the public well and that I had uh, run a newspaper that uh, was informative and that uh, uh, was uh, giving giving the The town, the
3: little little town, uh, uh, something to read about.
0: Mary Carol Keeter, a former editor at the Argus Leader, thinks local journalists can be just as successful as national journalists.
1: I think a successful career doesn't mean that you won a Pulitzer or that you um, got to interview with the President of the United States or something on that order. I think if you are working as a journalist in a community, which is where most of us do our work, we're not, most of us are not New York Times journalists, Um, then you, it's a successful career when you have successfully pointed out problems as they existed and been a part of the conversation on how to make that better, how to solve that problem, and when you can point to things that have changed in that community, uh, people have been brought together maybe by something that you and your newspaper has done.
0: Noel Hamill, another South Dakota newspaper leader, had the same philosophy.
3: If you believe that you have served your readers and your public and given them honest, factual news, you have to live with yourself. You can look at yourself and say, I wrote wrote this story, I've written this body of work, and it was... Proven to be true and it helped people make good decisions, then it has to help my society, and that's good enough for me.
0: These longtime journalists also had advice of specific qualities that help make a successful journalist. As a former editor and publisher, Mike Jacobs has worked with his share of reporters.
6: Uh, the single The single thing that I always looked for in hiring was curiosity. I never hired anybody who wasn't able to answer ask me an intelligent question Um, and uh, I sharpened that point pretty carefully. The question I was looking for at the end of the interview I always said do you have any questions for me and the question I was looking for was what does the job pay? Not everybody asked that question, but I wanted—I, you know—I expected that that uh, somebody I was interviewing would have a question. Um, not all of them did, and and if they didn't, or if they asked a truly a true clunker, well, actually there are no dumb questions. Um, but if they asked a, a true clunker, you know, they weren't likely to get the job. So curiosity is the most important thing.
3: You can't just take anybody off the street and make them. Him or her, a, a, a reporter or an editor or, or a photographer. Not you know, not you know.
1: Well, the the, the number one quality that's that's needed is a, an inquisitiveness. Uh, you you have to hire somebody that, or, or 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 as a journalist yourself, you've got to want to, you've got to want to know how to dig. You've got to you want to know the whole story. Not just cover the surface of the story and and I I worry about that facet of journalism today uh, Everything seems to be quick and easy and and uh, I was always looking for those reporters who? Didn't necessarily want it to be quick and easy and it's hard to find those people I wanted the people that would dig that would want to know that the extra question to ask the extra question and and uh, I place part of the blame on the journalism schools I'm I'm not totally convinced that the journalism schools are are providing a, a real solid base for the students one time I was asked to go to the University of North Dakota to speak to a journalism class and I was happy to do it But then I was informed that the instructor had had told the students in the class, you know, listen to him, but never go work for a weekly newspaper. It was kind of disheartening that these kids were getting that kind of education. Because us weekly guys were providing probably more education than the journalism school. We were giving them actual practical experience and paying them So uh, Inquisitiveness is is a is a high priority for a for a journalism They want to know where the story is and how to get it
3: Every journalist I know know, is curious Uh, Ethical Uh, They're people of integrity uh, and they're absolutely passionate about the truth, absolutely passionate about the truth. Uh, now, uh, can you succeed as a journalist if you don't have those three or four things? I don't think so. Now, you also have to—you know—you have to be able to spell and write a complete sentence, and be confident enough to ask questions and be a good observer. I mean, there are other skills you need. But if you don't have—if you don't have curiosity, if you don't have integrity, if you're not honest. If you don't have passion for truth, um, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. You're gonna be, eventually, somebody's going to find out you're a phony, and, you're, and you, you won't succeed.
0: Former weekly publisher Richard Peterson also went back to basics.
1: Well, you've got to be able to spell. You've got to be able to write. You've got to be able to use apostrophes in the correct places. Um, that's the basics, uh, you've got to be I think uh, inquisitive um, curious um, and I think you got to have some uh stick itiveness and some uh stubbornness i think I think those things all kind of help,
0: true to character, Fargo Forum columnist Bob Lind. a simple response on how to measure success.
3: The obvious is if you've done your job well enough so you can keep a job, you know, they haven't let you go, (laughs) that's a, a sign of success.
0: Marilyn Hagerty said her definition of success has changed quite a bit from her years as a teenager to her years in her 80s.
7: My first idea was that I would be successful and I would be probably be editor of the New York Times, why not? And so I started out to become editor of the New York Times and found my way through the writing for the Peer Capital Journal, found my way to college, writing for the college newspaper, Then when I was a senior at South Dakota, I wrote letters to my A-class of what I called my A-team of newspapers, which would be the New York Times and Los Angeles Times and San Francisco Chronicle. I wrote letters to all those people thinking that, you know, which one of you would like to hire me? And I quickly found out none of them would. And so then I had a B team, and uh, that included the Salt Lake City Tribune and the Sioux City Journal, Omaha World Herald, you know, kind of second-rate, pretty big newspapers. And I didn't have any success. So then I got real, and I had kind of a boyfriend at uh, South Dakota U in the journalism department, and he was from Aberdeen, and he said, uh, you know, I think I could help you get in at Aberdeen. So then I went to Aberdeen and Sioux Falls and Rapid City and that type. And uh, sure enough, I got a job at Aberdeen. And then I just kind of kept trying everything I could as I had to move along with my husband's career was the most important thing in our family because that's how that's how we were paying the bills. And so I tried to sandwich myself into any situation where he was working, not necessarily the same place he was working, but in Minneapolis I found things to do, in Bismarck I found things to do, and uh, here in Grand Forks it ended up uh, I did think of applying to the University of North Dakota. They hired journalists, but uh, I had this chance. They had these needs at the Herald, so that's where I ended up. Uh, so on my way to the New York Times, I ended up on the Grand Forks Herald. And um, I feel pretty good about my career. I feel very happy about even without these latest honors and honors and <laughs> notoriety in the last couple of years i feel i feel pretty good about my career at uh, you know you start out to do one thing and you never know where you're going to end up
0: for the dakota journalist podcast i'm terry feneman with sound editing by savannah wakefield and these are the stories of the heart of the community in the heartland